Hi guys, hi, how are you? How's everyone doing today? I just want to give everybody a big shout out and say, you know, happy whatever day it is that you're listening to this. Um, thank you everybody for listening to the show. Thank everyone for sending in and giving me feedback. It's amazing. I love it. Um, obviously, it's early in the morning because I sound like shit. Anytime you hear me sounding all butch, you know it's just way too early. Um, I had one real day that I could have recorded that I actually had nothing planned, and it was last Monday. And I knew if I didn't get a recording, then it just was not going to happen for the rest of the week because I had work and I had like uh, previous commitments after work that like each one I was like, I am not going to have any time to sit and you set everything up and get to bed, you know. So I just needed a day on Monday. I'm like, I, I just need a day. So I actually didn't record, which is why there was no new episode this week. But I think I gave you guys like two or three last week. So there's that. So I hope that compensates for the lack of an episode this week. I'm also trying not to, you know, chain myself to a schedule with this show because I want to enjoy it. I want it to be organic. I don't want it to be forced. I don't want to be like, oh my God, I need content for an episode. You know, it's Monday. I don't I don't want that journey for this show. Um mainly because it's it's a it's a journey. So let's get on this journey together. I'm a little hoarse because I went out last night with a, a couple friends trying to live. Oh, my God, I'm so unprofessional. Oh, my God, sorry. Trying to live my best COVID life and um, COVID-free life, rather, and, and have fun. So I went out with a few people and lost my GD voice. But alas, here I am. So, guys, it's been a crazy week. Um, today's Saturday, actually. So, I mean... The headlines change within seconds, which is another reason why I'm really glad I'm not doing current events. Um, uh, President Trump has COVID-19 apparently today. Um, so, yeah, or yesterday. It's just I can't with this year. It's just like watching a bad movie, like a really, really bad movie. But anyways, today I want to open with like a thought, right? I want to throw, not by thought, I don't mean myself in 2008. I mean like a thought with a T-H- O-U-G-H-T thought, not T-H-O-T thought, but I have a thought, right? What if all of the expectations that we feel are a thing for us, right? Like all the expectations we have in, in place in our lives, right? The things that we feel chained to, a slave to, things we feel like we're, we're working to achieve or, or to do or to be. What if I told you all those expectations, not all of them, but probably a big chunk of them, are just in our head. Like, and we we create them and we control them, but we're just conditioned and trained um, to not dismantle them. We create them. I want to double back to this because it's a big epiphany I had while I was in therapy this week. God, I just sound, I sound like James Earl Jones right now. Can I turn the bass down or what is going on? Let me grab my mixer, y'all. Y'all are going to be a part of this right now. Um, the production process because, you know, a bitch can't afford a producer. But, okay. Anyways, guys, let's talk about expectations. Let's talk about something I've been meaning to get into because it's a big part of my journey. Um, failure. So, I'm never going to get on the show and be like, I'm just this bad bitch, you know, like, my life is perfect, like, I got everything. No, bitch, I'm literally... I've had to grow and deal with failure on a, not a large scale, but just, I had to really digest it and sit with it, especially going into 2020, but 
just at this point in my life and my career, um, which there's some things I would love to say about my professional um, sitch, but I can't because I want to keep a job. So I'm just going to not. And I'll just allude to just, I'll speak very general about, you know, my uh, goals and professionals, professional goals as, as things pertain to that. But failure, I've had to swallow this big ass, jagged ass fucking pill because um, you know, I've always, I like did a lot of retail jobs for a lot of years, worked in management. You know, I work in the real estate industry now. And one thing I always knew is I felt like, you know, mm, you know, I feel like there's this dark quality I have. Like people tell me I have it, but I suppressed it for a long time until I started becoming Anthony Black, which I talked about in like episode one or two. I created this persona for myself who was like this bad bitch who was untouchable, who was completely separated from the trauma I grew up with and um, the trauma I had even as a young adult. I really had separated myself and I just did went to build a bad bitch store and built this concept of who I was. And in building that, I was kind of able to create this exaggerated version of my personality, which I have a, a big personality, right? Um, but I'm not like that all the time. I'm actually pretty introverted a lot of the time um, when I'm around people I don't know or if I don't feel 100% comfortable. But at work and things like that, like you have to force yourself. You know, I work in sales, face-to-face -face sales, so I have to always really put on and really, you know, get on stage and really turn on this big personality. So when I created Anthony Black, he kind of took, you know, what I'd been forcing myself to do at work and I applied it socially and I, you know, would meet people and I just wanted to be liked by people and I wanted to, you know, I had these friendships that were, um, I wouldn't say performance based, but sometimes they felt that way because I had people that would make me get on stage and tell certain jokes and do this, make them laugh, do this, do this, do this, tell this story. And honestly, like, it's not to say like it was, I was you know, those people had any bad intent. And in, at the end of the day, I'm the person who never said, hey, I'm not in the fucking mood to be like your, you know, pocket comedian that you just pull out at parties. Like, I, I don't want to be a party trick. I want to, I'm more than that. Um, sometimes I won't be in the mood to do it. I, I tried to communicate that, but it just, I felt it easier to just perform. So I got a great response from that. So I said, you know what? I'm going to take this big personality and I'm going to apply it. So in doing that, a lot of people started telling me, you know, you should be on camera, you know, and you should do podcasts. So I started doing a podcast because I've been wanting to do one for a long time. And I was one of those people who just felt like the world needed my fucking opinions. Like the world will be a better place if I throw my unsolicited opinions out there. Um, which I just love those people. We're all we're just with Facebook and social media. We're all conditioned to be that person and to think to overvalue our opinions on items and things that we don't have the range for and things that just don't fucking matter. But anyways, I created a podcast and in 2017 created my first podcast and I was excited. You know, I started. I was living in Miami. I started this one about love and dating and. Uh, it's just funny because shit started to get real and I was in a really volatile, toxic relationship at the time. And then I completely changed the name of the show and concept because shit started to get too real. I was like, oh, 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 the kettle's calling the, the fucking black ass kettle black. Hold, hold on. So I changed the name of the show. And, you know, I really put a lot of focus in building my brand and brand. And I was working for a big media outlet in Miami at this time. So things were really coming together, 2017, 2018. And I was really create, you know, um, 
I took this exaggerated personality I created and really just put him on like the fucking flag post and he was just flying and you know, had my podcast and was really trying to make new friends and also market my podcast. I had merchandise. Um, I mean, anyone who knows me is like aware of, of this, the love examiner. And then we're all trash podcast, which we're all trash is still a bomb ass meme page. But anyways, I, you know, had this podcast and I was talking about current events and my opinions on current events and, you know, pop culture and music and, you know, just being the sassy gay who, you know, talks shit about people and makes people laugh in, in doing so. So I, uh, which there's nothing wrong with that. I actually follow a lot of those in love, the sassy gays who talk shit about people, but to an extent. Um, but I thought I was going to have this like success, you know, with this podcast because I felt like my content was great. You know, obviously there's room for growth, but based on the shit I was listening to on other people's podcasts, I was like, my production value is is solid. Um, at the time, I was like, you know, I don't have like terrible equipment. Like I created bomb ass theme song where I rap my way through my theme song. Lyrical content was on a leak. I would do like not freestyles, but kind of like loosely written freestyles every episode. Like I was like, I felt felt like my shit was quality. The funny thing is, I kept this podcast for three years and it's just interesting because I, I took some extended hiatuses you know right before I left Miami and then at, once I got to Chicago I, I took me a while to get back into it and I only didn't do much with it after I got here but I just felt like why am am I not like why are people wanting to listen to me like why is it not blowing up I'm paying for ads on Facebook I'm paying for ads on Instagram and people are always like give it time you need to be consistent which maybe that's a thing however in our society in a world of viral virality um it really is all about just having one moment one post that people just get into and then they follow you after that um you can have a, gr a great podcast with quality shit for years and have nobody fucking listen and, and you're paying for ads and, and that's a mind fuck you know and so I was dealing with that and kind of swallowing that pill as in like people don't not as many people <laughs> want to listen to you as you think or that your friends gas you up to think which I've never had a lack of support thank god from from my friends your friends will gas you up and tell you your shit's great and that's really important however at the same time it does kind of um fuck you up when you're talking to your friends and they're like no like you have what it takes and you try and you try and it never happens so I was working on this podcast. I was working with a media outlet, and I was really trying to promote my own social media, like thought, thought, thoughty little thirst traps. You know, I was like my body. I was like obsessed with working out, and I was in amazing shape. And I was like, my body looks just as good, if not gooder, but gooder. Wow, better than a lot of these so-called influencers who are viral. Why am I not going viral? Like, I create the same amount of content as them. I'm funny. I'm witty. Um, I'm like not ugly, like bitch, like I was trying and I was, you know, following people like follow for follow, like going in, you know, getting linked back from, uh, the media outlet I was working for, um, in posts. And I was like, why am I not going viral? Like I'm trying so hard in these years. Like when I tell you like photos every day, everyone's like, you have to be consistent and you have to use hashtags. Like I did all of that. And I just think it's. It's definitely a tough pill to swallow when, you know, you realize that sometimes it really just comes down to luck. It just doesn't, it's not all hard work. And when the world of social media, and even in any, in the world in general, it's not fucking hard work. It's not fucking talent. Sometimes it is. But I mean, and that's the thing is I worked hard, but I wasn't willing to like 
sell my soul or do things that are unethical or suck dick. Like that's just wasn't going to be me to try to break into this world. Um, but I really tried, you know, hard. And I, you know, was when I was working with this media outlet, I had another, um, um, uh, there was a morning show in Miami that I actually got in contact with, met one of the, the gentlemen who was on there. He was an anchor, and he brought me on to do a couple segments, and I did a HBO little documentary I was in. And I was just like, I'm on the up and up. You know, I was hosting these, you know, a couple red carpets and doing some behind-the-scene works and meeting, you know, some celebrities and film festivals. And I just knew, like, this is it, you know? But I... It just never, it just wasn't happening, you know? And not to say it, it happens in six months, in whatever. But when you are, you know, I spent uh, almost four years, three years in Miami, four years, I don't know, three, I don't even fucking know. I spent a lot of time there. And in that time, I was all, I was hustling into building this brand, this Anthony Black, and just making him perfect. Like, the amount of insane... Uh, interest not even introspection but just like um the way that i overevaluated every single thing i did because i said this is what's going to take to make myself i didn't necessarily want to be famous but you know you know i wanted success i wanted to book bigger gigs and i left miami and moved to chicago because i knew miami just wasn't the place for me in other aspects of my life like dating love uh being black in 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 miami feels being black anywhere in America sucks, but being black in Miami, I felt very invisible within the gay community. I felt a lot of racism within the gay community. Um, even outside of it, black people just are not welcomed with an extended arm, with extended arms in Miami. Um, and it's funny because I would tell people this and nobody believed me until all the Cubans for Trump are now out and about and are, you know, mobilized. And now everyone's like, oh, there are racist people that are Latino in Miami. Wow, that's crazy. And I'm like, yeah. So, which is not just Cubans, but let me tell you, let me tell you. But anyways, um, I came here for different, different reasons. But in my head, I was like, you know, I have this great foundation for this media personality I've created, Anthony Black. I could take this anywhere, you know. And I moved to Chicago, and that was not the case. <laughs> and I was trying to book gigs, and I was taking, sending out my headshots. I, I put together my demo reel. I sent that to more talent agencies than I care to share uh, with my headshots. And um, I just, no one called me. No one emailed me. <laughs> Nobody wanted to talk to me. And, you know, professionally with my, you know, how I pitch this goddamn alarm, with how I pay my bills, you know, I had a lot of setbacks in that department as well uh, with, you know, uh, my professional goals outside of, you know, just the media world. So I was just getting kind of slapped in the face left and right with these big dicks of just failure. But I wasn't accepting that. I wasn't seeing them as that. I was just like, it's going to pop. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Not to say it won't, but I had this exaggerated mindset of when and how things were worked in the world and not of my own skill set. Um, if anything, I felt like I doubted my skill set more when I was booking more because I was comparing myself to other people. But I think I really doubted the... I didn't understand the way the world works. And it's amazing. And I always think it's great to have your friends that support you. But sometimes it is... It, it, it gives you more... <laughs> 
uh, when you have friends that are like, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this, you should be a star. Like, you're going to be a star tomorrow. Like, you're going to blow up. Like, you're going to be a fucking star. Like, you have what it takes. Like, this is it. 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 When you have people telling you all that all the time, it really doesn't prepare you for when the rest of the world does not give a fuck about you. They don't, they don't know you like your friends know you. They don't care. You know, there's a million gay black boys trying to break into you know, be the next Instagram star or the next influencer, the next um, Instagram comedian or, you know, entertainer. There's millions of us. You know, I have my own lane, which I think is very distinct because I'm not, like, if I wear a wig, it's because I'm being myself in a fucking bob wig and saying I'm a bad bitch, I'm Anthony, I have my beard like it is what it is, and I just talk like myself and I dance and do whatever. I'm not to down to shit talk anyone else, but there is... There are a lot of men, black men especially, straight black men, gay black men, white women, Latinas, a lot of people who've built their brand on the back of making fun of black women, and I refuse to do that. Now, will I talk shit about black women who are celebrities right along with the white celebrities when I'm when I'm reading people on my, my other shows I was doing? Yeah, which I'm going to get to that later as well, but I'll read the fuck out of people based on their behavior or their music or whatever, but as far as the impersonations that we've given these white men, white gay men, black gay men, black straight men, Tyler Perry. We've just given people these careers um, where I, I wonder, like, and this was something that frustrated me, is I was like, if they take off that wig and stop pretending and making fun of black women, who are they? Like, are they even funny? I'm funny without that. Like, I don't have to sit here and be like, oh, girl, I don't have to do these exaggerated caricatures of, uh, of and stereotypes of black women and saying, oh, I'm Shaniqua, I'm going to do this, I'm Bon Quiqui, which don't even get me started on that, um, looking back on retrospect. But I was frustrated because I thought, felt like, and I still, I know I have talent, but I was looking at all of these and I did not want to sell out. I didn't want to become one of these, which, I mean, no shade. I mean, it is shade. I just think it's, it's, it's kind of weak if that's your brand. Good for you. Um, I do think that it's weak if you if what you do is based on making fun of a certain type of person who's already in a marginalized group. You know, it, it, I can't. Sorry, side note. I just can't. I, I can't help but imagine that if America didn't look at black women as the butt of every joke, that maybe Breonna Taylor's case could have been taken more seriously. If when it happened, I mean, there's racism, obviously, but when it comes to the America's perspective of her, it really took so much for us to get white people on board to say, Brianna Taylor, to say, you know, black women's lives matter too, and to get black people on board with that. I, I feel like had all of the things that occurred this summer not happened, except for Brianna Taylor, I don't think people would be riding so hard for her as they are just because black women it's it's all a joke but anyways that's neither here nor there back to me looking at this and just being frustrated and you know I sent all this shit out and I had my friends telling me you're gonna win you're like you're you're the best you're the best but no one fucking cared and I was not prepared to swallow that pill and um it was tough and I had to actually go through like I guess a grieving process of realizing that the opportunities that I had in Miami and the connections I have there, like that ship has sailed. Like I'm not there anymore. And I have a new life in Chicago, which I'm very thankful for. And I love, you know, my neighborhood, my apartment. I love, you know, I have a great boyfriend. Um, I love Chicago in general. I'm in a big city finally that's diverse. And um, 
I have these things, but I don't, I did not have the success that I thought I would have. And I really had to take myself through a grieving, grieving process. And, you know, I started making videos again a few months ago or, you know, through COVID, I made my YouTube channel. I did my little decorating videos. And then I started doing these like celebrity, um, you know, reading celebrities and going off and like doing my little sassy gay thing. And I would make each one because it was easy. And then afterwards, I would sit and I was like, like, this doesn't feel satisfying. It doesn't feel, I know I have the range, bitch. I have the fucking range to go deeper and to go further and have other other discussions. But I was doing what I was used to. I was doing what worked before. I was doing what was easy. And I'm sitting here at 33 and a half years old and I'm like, it doesn't scratch my itch anymore to just... I mean, I'll talk about music all day, don't get me wrong, but to just read headlines about and be shady and make little sarcastic remarks, it's just low-hanging fruit for me. And I love listening to shows that do that because there's other people who, it works for them, you know, and it's, it's their thing and they're good at it and they seem to have a passion for it. I don't have that passion anymore for it. And I really tried to get back in because I was telling myself, like, you are going to be successful by showing your face and by being doing videos. And don't get me wrong, it's fun. I like making them, I like editing them, videos. But just when it comes to content, you know, and I was shaming myself because, you know, I have had several podcasts and I have had several failures to launch and little projects that I've started that have fallen by the wayside. But I'm a big person about, like, when my passion's gone, I'm done. Like, I'm not going to sit on a broken horse and crawl through the finish line I'm gonna get off of it find another horse that works for me and ride that that's why I left Miami that's why I've ended several projects that's why I that I've ended I've you know through my career like I'm not afraid to move on when something's not working um but I shamed myself because I was like you're supposed to be successful this is how you're gonna do it and now you've started making these videos you got to keep doing it because people are gonna look at you as like a failure or like you hop from thing to thing or you know whatever and I'm like fuck people I have the right to, I'm, it's okay for me to fail. It's okay for me to give up. And that's something I've had to deal with lately is letting myself know it's okay. Like one thing I had to tell myself is you are not fucking Beyonce. You are not Beyonce. You are not a perfectionist who will do anything to excel the career that they eat, sleep, breathe, and dream I'm not her. I don't have a Matthew Knowles, you know, that's built this career for me as a child. I don't, I'm not one of these people who's going to move to Hollywood and live on the streets and sleep in a box to get what I want. I'm not, that's not me. I have bills to pay. I am rational. And I respect those people who will live in a box just to get on, you know, a, a, go to a jo- an audition and break their, I respect them so hard. I'm just not them. And I'm not shading them. I think if you do that, you are so strong, and let me give you just an applause because I'm not that bitch. I'm not that girl. But I was shaming myself for not being that person, you know, and shaming myself for wanting to end this new project I started, which, you know, I started these YouTube videos, and I'm like, I have to keep this going. But I'm like, no, you don't. You know, I can get back to – I could just do my storytelling, which is something I like doing, and maybe I could talk about music. I could start a new show every fucking day if I want to. And it really doesn't matter because at the end of the day, the people who really care about me are going to watch and other people are probably going to join in too. And I don't know, I've just been grappling with my idea of success. And I'm starting to realize that the only person 
who created these expectations are me. Like, I have expectations. I created expectations of what I think people are going to think of me if I don't fail. Like, if I fail. Like, I feel like people don't even care if I fail. You know? I don't even think it's the people give a fuck. I give a fuck about what people, what I expect people to think about me if I don't succeed at something. It's not even them. It's me. And that is the problem, you know? Like, yeah, I moved to Chicago. I started a podcast called Boys Town Babble with a friend of mine. It fell by the wayside. We got six episodes in. You know, I haven't really heard from that friend at all. Um, I hope you're doing okay. Maybe I need to check in. But it just didn't work, you know? And I ended it. And I marketed that heavily. <laughs> and it was, I, I used to get embarrassed when, I, when something would fail. Because people would be like, you and all your podcasts, you and all your videos, you and all your blogs, you and all this. And I used to take that personal and just be like, man, maybe I just need one thing and stick to that. But fuck that. I'm going to continue to do what the fuck makes me happy. And if it's a new podcast every fucking week, someone's going to listen. And I just, I, and if people stop listening because they feel like I'm inconsistent, I, 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 I can't care. I can't worry about what, I can't create an expectation about what they are going to feel about my actions and, and my content I create uh, if it's inconsistent or if it's all over the place or if I start a project and stop it. Fuck that. No. I have the range. I'm going to do what the fuck I want. And I just had to let myself know, like, even this week, like, it's okay. You can say I failed. You can say, you know what, nobody wanted to fucking uh, call me back from any of these talent agencies in Chicago. Talent, talent modeling, I tried everything. No one wanted to call me back, but that doesn't, that's no reflection of me. The market's oversaturated. This is before COVID, so let's not even blame it on COVID-19. This is before COVID. It's like the end of 2019. Um, and it's okay, and it's not a reflection of my worth, of my talent, of my beauty. None of that. It's just people fail. We all fail, and I am not Beyonce. I am not you know, Kim Kardashian, who is gonna fucking do whatever it takes to stay relevant, and I'm not them. And I'm also not a person who's gonna sit at, you know, working at a project once the fire's gone just because I started it. Like, I'm not one of those people that's like, I have to finish because I started it. The only thing I do that with are romantic relationships. I don't even do it with friendships anymore as of this year. Like, if a friendship's not working, I'm out. And I stuck around for a long time because I created these expectations of, like, I need to follow through. Fuck that. You know, and I'm just, I don't know. That's just where I'm at with, like, my failures and just being okay with fucking up and being okay with saying, hey, I fucked up. Hey, this wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Hey, you know, I started a new podcast. I started making the content, and I fucking hate it. Like, if one day I get to the point where I'm done talking about mental health and I feel like I'm at a point in my journey where I don't need to make these anymore... I'm going to stop making them. It doesn't say anything negative about me. Not to myself. And if someone else looks at me and feels that way, then that's on them. Um, that's their struggle. I can't make people respect me or make people think that my work is worthy or that my work ethic is good. Like, I don't, I don't, I can't control that anymore. And I have to stop trying to control that. You know, I'm saying all this right now, but I'm telling myself this at the same time. It's like a mantra I'm repeating. Like, you can fail. It's okay. Fuck everybody else. Like, my favorite, one of my favorite Lil Wayne songs is I'm on one when he goes, I walk around the club. Fuck everybody. That's how I feel. Fuck everybody and their opinions of my work. You know, like, if every celebrity stopped 
doing what it is that they love because they read comments or knew what people thought or read thought pieces that people write or think pieces that people write or, or read what I've write or what I've said about them, then they would all stop. You know, and I have to tell myself, like, if I want to fucking hop in and out of whatever it is that I do, it is what it is. Because at the end of the day, if I know my content is good, people will listen whenever it comes out. My career will take the path it's gonna pa- it's gonna take, and one day I will be happy in what I'm doing and love what I'm doing. I- and I tell myself that just because I I, I want to be positive. Um, it's not to say it's gonna happen soon. That'd be nice, but who knows? You know, one day I will speak it into existence that I will have a you know I'll be doing something that fulfills all of my creativity. Um, you know, everything that is all my talents and in my my range. But until then, I'm going to try. And if things don't work, it's fine. Like I took a major blow. I had a, a big opportunity that I was really excited about in 2019 or January of this year. And when that fell through, because I had really was really excited about it, like really excited. And when that fell through, it, it didn't fall through. It just wasn't what I wanted it. What I, It wasn't what I needed it to be. And I had to walk away from it. When that happened, I didn't even realize I was going through a huge depression. And I was so stressed about it and just upset. I got a fucking rash that was all over my neck and my shoulders. And my boyfriend was like, what? I was like, what is going on? My boyfriend was looking. He's like, um, I see it. And I called, like, you know, the teledoc because coronavirus had just, like, started. It was, like, late February, early March, mid-March when this started happening, when this opportunity happened. Actually, now I'm thinking about it. Um, and I had to get like a cream and it's funny because once I, coronavirus took over everything in the world, I really got to a pe- point where I came to peace. I, I, you know, made peace with my professional shortcomings or what have you when it comes to, you know, my creative, all that shit. I started to make peace with it because I said there's bigger fish to fry. And once I just shifted my focus off of my failure onto survival, the rash went away, which is really crazy. Like, I just started to feel better. The rash went away. This was in the beginning the beginning of quarantine when life was good, when we were just baking and cooking, and I was wearing a wig and dancing on Instagram Live, like, you know, before the summer happened and more black people started getting killed, and then, yeah. Um, but no, I realized, like, I created this expectation that I can't fail or if I fail, something's wrong. And, you know, I didn't even want to digest how disappointed and upset I was from that that L I took at the beginning of the year. But I had to grieve. Hey, that opportunity is gone, and the opportunities I'm reaching out for, like, it's not happening right now, and that's okay. And it's okay to be upset and sad about it, but at the same time, I can't be so hell-bent on success that the reality of life and that I'm missing the reality of life, which is that failures happen. Things don't pan out. Things fucking fall and all apart. And like, it is what it is. You have to move on from it. You can't ignore it. I mean, I think you need to address it. And if something hurts hurts you when it ends, like you need to grieve it and say, hey, I failed. It's no reflection of me, but I am sad about this opportunity walking away um, or leaving or falling apart. But I'm going to be fine, you know? Um, and that's where I've had to be is not equate my worth to my success or the appearance of my success, which used to be a bit more important to me than my actual success was the appearance of my success. 
because I had these ideas. I was a slave to people's expectations, but it was not even theirs. It was what I thought that they wanted from me. It was how I, how I thought people, it was how I thought I wanted to appear in people's eyes, not how I actually did. And I was telling my therapist and I was telling a friend, like, I would do anything to be one of those people who's completely, like, not self-aware. Like, the people who just say anything, do anything, don't even realize how their behaviors impact other people or what they say because they're just so not self-aware. They just live their life. And I just said I would want to be one of those people for one day. One day I would like to not overthink all my interactions and how I appear in everyone's eyes. Like, if I could just be annoying and just just reach into my pile of thoughts and just throw one out whenever the fuck I want like because I have no self-awareness. Like I said, I would love just a day to not be self-aware because then I wouldn't give a fuck about how I appear to other people. I wouldn't give a fuck about how I, if I fail or if they, it looks like I failed or if it looks like I'm a project hopper. Like I just wouldn't give a fuck. So I think there's definitely lessons to take from those people, but I would never want to be not self-aware because... I just, those people also stress me the fuck out. But I don't know. I just wanted everyone to, I don't I wanted to talk about my struggle with perfectionism and with wanting to be successful on paper. I wanted to appear successful um, and then just digesting my own failures, you know? And I don't know, quick caveat uh, while we're talking about this. I think one of the main reasons we feel like we can't fail is because we do look at people like Beyonce and, and, and who people who are successful and we extremely successful, you know, those people who have been extremely successful without falling off or having major scandals where people are just like, Oh my God, they flopped and they suck. You know, I think we look at them and we make them gods in our gods in our eyes. And it's interesting. I had a conversation with my friend set years ago and she told me like, you know, I, I'm not going to paraphrase her here, but our conversation that she initiated and, you know, she really brought something to light to me was basically like, you know, we talk shit about like the Greek gods and we're like, I can't believe people prayed to these Greek gods and we're obsessed with them. But then it's like, we make celebrities our gods. We make them superhuman. And people are like, no, I don't think that. And I'm like, mm, you do. Because if you didn't think that they were a superhuman God, you wouldn't go on their personal Instagram page and make, write a comment that's so hurtful, something you would never say to their face if you didn't think that they were the supernatural entity that is so perfect that you need to tear them down. And that they're, it's like you almost look at them as in like it's, excuse me, not even you, we look at them as in we're entitled to say horrible things about them because they're rich or because they're successful or because they have this perfect life on paper. It's okay for us to rip them apart publicly. You know, like, I'm all about, like, if you fucking hate the way somebody looks and you want to talk to your best friend about it, I don't think that's fantastic, but sometimes you need to get shit off your chest, you know? The problem is we do it publicly, and it's because we, with celebrities especially, it's because we act like they're gods and, like, they're not going to see it, you know? And now I'm, let me clear something up. I'm referencing singers, actors, things like that. And, like, the comments we put on their page, you know, like, people will be like, oh, she sounds terrible. She looks terrible here. And they'll at their friend to look, too. And it's like, you realize that they see that stuff. Would you say that to their face? And that's kind of where I'm at with celebrities right now. And that's kind of the reason I've fallen back on creating some of my content, just talking shit about them, is because they're real people. And working for a media outlet that works with a lot of celebrities, like, 
it's interesting when like you meet them and you're like, oh my God, I've said so many fucking shit things on, on social media. What if they actually read that, you know? I don't know. We just, uh, I think that's part of the reason we are scared of to fail is because we create these people as gods in our heads and they are our Greek gods, as my, my friend Set was saying, because we worship them and we speak about them like they'll never see it and like they're not human. And I'm very, very, very guilty of this. But I mean, that's another reason why I was restructuring the content I was creating because I started making these critical evaluations of, of people. And I'm like, what if they read this? How would you feel? Now, this is not applied to politicians because the decisions and the, the like, okay, Lady Gaga, right? I might have feelings about her releasing 911 uh, and Rain on Me as the fucking lead singles from that goddamn amazing album. But she drops like t two of the songs I like the least, right? Stresses me out as a fucking music fan because I invest too much energy in this, in this shit. But, anyways. That has no negative impact on my life. It doesn't have the. It doesn't kill people. It doesn't promote the murder of people. It doesn't downplay pandemics that kill hundreds of thousands of people. So if you want to get online and say "fuck Lady Gaga," she looks stupid. She's a dumb bitch. I don't think that's okay. If you want to say "fuck politicians," like I'm trying to think of one besides Trump because we already know that, but. Who else? Whoever else. If you want to say fuck his whole administration, like Trump, everybody, because X, Y, Z, which the list is so long. That, I say, you know what? Go for it. Get crazy. And maybe I'm wrong for this, this double standard, but I don't think it's... When someone's art doesn't negatively impact your life and you just feel like you need to critique it publicly, that is something I've been a really big part of that I just want to remove myself from a little bit. Um just when it comes to being negative about it. Now, I could be negative about it with my friends, but publicly negative, sending those messages to these people by writing all over their social media, like, I just, I don't, it doesn't sit well with me anymore, you know? And I made a video about Azalea Banks and Kaya where I was just kind of, like, highlighting their beef and laughing hysterically at um, the, how them going back and forth with each other. And I, I ended up taking it down because of all the work and content I've created, nothing has ever gone viral but the negative shit I put out. Those videos, that video went fucking, I got so many, the most views I've ever had on a video, the most comments, like people were commenting for a month. Like I was getting notifications still on YouTube, still on YouTube. And I'm like, oh my God. And the comments were disgusting about me, about the people in the videos. And I was like, I can't be a part of this narrative. Like I don't want to be a part of this world and this energy and I, I'm doing it. So that's kind of why you, if you follow me, you'll notice like I've taken that down and I'm just trying to be a little, a bit more strategic and trying to figure out where my fine line is. Because I think if I start to treat celebrities more human, number one, it's going to make me feel better. But number two, about being you know, an asshole. But number two, it's going to also, I think, help me with uh, my perfectionism uh, problem. You know, when I, we fill ourselves with content from these people we look at as being perfect. And then we critique them, we yell at them, we go, we do all this shit. Maybe if I fall back on that a little bit, like I'll be easier uh, on myself because it's going to be like, okay, they're not perfect. They're not gods. Like they're human. They could be hurt by this post. Like, hey, you know what I mean? Like maybe I need to not publicly do it. I mean, I'm definitely going to do it with my friends. Like I'm, if someone's hair looks a fucking mess, I'm definitely going to hit Ramona up and be like, girl, look at, look at this. But I'm not going to comment on that celebrity's page and be like, hey, your hair looks like shit because I just don't want to be a part of that narrative. Like, 
you have nothing good to say, say nothing at all. I don't really bl- agree with that unless we're talking about superficial shit about celebrities and people. Like, I'm starting to feel like it just doesn't sit well with me anymore. And to end this conversation about failure and failing, and now we just went on a tangent about celebrities, and uh, I'm doing this um, mental health, actually it's a cognitive behavioral therapy um, practitioner certificate. I actually started this little online course, and one of the things that the teacher was saying is it really stuck with me. He said that when we make peace with our own imperfections, we find it easier to accept other people's imperfections. Because uh, he was actually talking about um, Ellis's barriers to effective listening, and he was saying one thing is like, you know, we have our own, our own biases, and sometimes we'll miss the information we're getting from someone because we're busy judging them based on our own biases we have, whether they're too attractive, too unattractive, what have you. But when he said, when we make peace with our own imperfections, we'll find it easier to accept other people's imperfections. It just made me feel like if once we make peace with our own failures, we'll, in our own shortcomings, you know, we will be able to accept other people's better and we will be a little less negative and we won't project our shit onto other people. Because I think that's what it is. We project, you know, because we have these expectations that we create. Um, so I don't know, maybe if we, I'm going to work on restructuring my expectations I have for myself. Um, I'm also going to work on, um, gassing up and creating these perfect, perfect images of celebrities and my need to constantly critique them because when it comes down to it is my need to critique probably is pointing back at, critique other people, sorry, is probably pointing back at my own shit that I need to, I want to critique within myself that I don't like. Because once I start to like myself more and be okay with my own failures and shortcomings, I feel like I'm not going to really care to look for other people's or point out other people's as much. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. And this is like me learning and growing in real time. If you follow me, you probably are noticing like something starting to disappear off my social media or change. And that's what it is. I mean, granted, yes, I am definitely a fucking project hopper. But that is not necessarily what's happening right now with my content it's i'm restructuring what feels good because just being a negative angry sassy gay it doesn't feel good to me right now i support the sassy negative gays do what you got to do you know in your journey i don't want to be a part of that narrative and that community of people who tear people down on social media publicly unless it's our the Trump administration then it's all bets are off the table say what the fuck you want um outside of politics unless when it's when it's politics you're talking about bullshit like you're just saying like you know Trump's hair looks like shit and he's a orange he's orange I mean which you can say that I don't really like I said all bets are off the table but I prefer the the jabs to be a bit more substantial when it comes to politics, unless you're just critiquing someone's pantsuit. Like, that's just silly. Say what you want. But with celebrities and stuff like that and musicians, like, I don't know. Unless we're talking about something fucked up that they've done, you know, whether it's like, you know, okay, R. Kelly, go to town. But if you're just talking about, you know, Doja Cat's wig, I don't know if that needs to be publicly stated to tear people down because the problem is and let me just close this bitch up now the problem is we sit here and we will 
Kim Kardashian will make a post and people will get, be in her comments saying she looks so stupid here, tagging their friends. But then when the day she kills herself, right, everyone's going to be shook. Rest in peace. Uh, mental health is so important. And it's like, I can't sit here and have a podcast about mental health, talk about prioritizing mental health, while my actions are taking the part and destroying someone else's mental health, whether they're a billionaire or not. They're human. And if my off-the-podcast behavior is built around tearing those people apart, if my brand and content is built on tearing people down and tearing their mental health down or, you know, body-shaming people, and then I come on here and I'm like, well, I only body shamed a celebrity, but then I have my friends who maybe they have body issues, and then maybe their body looks like the celebrity I tore down, and then their mental health falls apart. But then I'm sitting here saying, depressed, funny people, we need to take mental health seriously. Like, I, I can't speak out of both sides of my face or however they fucking say it. Like, I can't be a part of a big picture of toxic shit and then talk about mental health. Granted, all bets are off the table in regards to Donald Trump. Like I said, say what you want and about politics. I'm going to say what the fuck I want. And I'm not going to be positive about them, period. But outside of that, like the petty shit and the body shaming and the sex shaming and the slut shaming and the, you know, they look, you look stupid, you sound stupid, like that stuff um, and making fun of people publicly because um, I'm, I'm not going to stop making fun of people in the privacy of my goddamn home where I pay my goddamn rent on the phone bill that I'm a goddamn pay. I'm going to say what the fuck I want, but I don't need to spew it and tell those people and tear them down. Otherwise, I need to fucking delete this podcast and stop talking about mental health being important because I can't sit up here and publicly talk shit about Kim Kardashian or even Kanye. And then when he kills himself, I better not say a goddamn thing. Nothing. So, anyways. Those are my thoughts today. I'm going to shut the fuck up now because I've said too much and we're 45 minutes in. But thank you guys for tuning in. Something very exciting. So I have a friend who is my creative spirit daughter. Like, you know how there's like drag daughters? I have like a, a drag daughter in creativity, D. Will. You've heard me mention him on here. He has a podcast called Goops, Gags, and Tea, right? Look it up, right? Did I, did I say that right? It's, that's, it's Goops, Gags, and Tea, right? Yeah, let me look this up while I'm sitting here. Goops. Goops, Gag, T. You can follow him, Goops, Gags, and T. But you can follow him on Instagram, Goops, Gags, T. Um, so, hilarious podcast. And he has the range. So he will cover pop culture, which I live for because, you know, I'm a petty bitch. And I just love listening to that shit. He'll do some pop culture. But he actually is really moving forward the the needle when it comes to... The, the way we cover and talk about LGBTQ issues. So I'm very proud of him for uh, that show. Having said all of this, um, I am going to be a guest on the show that's going to, the show that airs, I think this upcoming Wednesday. Um, I was a guest, so we recorded it uh, via Zoom, which was hilarious. And also, I think that's how I'm going to have guests on this show now. I can have whoever I want if we fucking Zoom it, but. Yeah, I'm going to be a guest on Goops, Gags, and Tea next week. So just go on and subscribe to it anyway, and then you'll get the alert saying Mr. Anthony B. was on this bitch. And um, we, I drank like two Modellos and was just, we did it, it was an advice column episode where we were giving people advice. Uh, they would write in with questions and we were giving them, I was giving unsolicited advice. His was probably legit. You'll just hear me being a little bit goofier than I am on this show because this show I'm talking about my fucking deep shit. 
and like letting my thoughts out. Whereas in there, I was just able to have a good time. And it was so much fucking fun. So tune into that and make sure you're subscribed. We're on Instagram at Depressed Funny People. We're on iTunes and Spotify. Not sure how you're listening, but if you're listening on iTunes, um, give me a review and a rating if you want. Um, also, in the link um, in the show notes on um, Spotify and iTunes, you can actually send me a voicemail. If you don't send it through there, maybe just message it. Send me a voice message through um, Instagram. If you have questions or if you if you have comments or just if you want to share your story with mental health in one minute or less or something you're going through or an episode you heard that you related to, send me that shit, yeah. Send it to me. I'm going to work on getting us a hotline number. I just keep forgetting. But I'm like laying in bed all ashy right now and I need to be like on my way to work. And I'm not, which looks like I'm Ubering because ain't nobody taking the train today. Uh, But yeah, guys, thank you for tuning in. Have a God blessed day. And I look forward to talking to you soon. Bye. Bye. Oh, God, bitch.